Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 755, and we'll look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 33. Let's read the passage. A disciple is not above his teacher, or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher, and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house, Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. This is the gospel according to Matthew. This is... Matthew's account of the ministry of Jesus, which is intended to cause people to have faith in Jesus as the Savior. He's writing primarily to a Jewish audience, so he's using a lot of Old Testament imagery and Old Testament language to convince the Jews that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He's presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And we're in a segment now which is dealing with the teaching ministry. He has these five discourses in the Gospel of Matthew. A discourse is an extended teaching segment. The first one was the Discourse on Discipleship, which we call the Sermon on the Mount. This is the second one, the Discourse on Mission. It goes from chapter 9, verse 35, through chapter 11, verse 1. He's providing this teaching for his disciples because he's about to send them out on a mission. He sent them out to the various towns throughout Galilee to take the message of the gospel. He's given them authority to heal sicknesses, to cast out demonic spirits, and he's instructed them to proclaim the message that the kingdom of heaven is near. So we're seeing this transition from just Jesus doing this ministry to now his disciples are being assigned to do this ministry. And a lot of the teaching that we're in now is really beyond the scope of just this mission that he's sending his disciples out on. The hostility to Jesus, the pushback against Jesus, hasn't gotten to the full force yet that it will. And so a lot of this is looking long-term and is applicable actually more to us than it was to the Twelve at this point in their ministry. So chapter 10, verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher, and a slave like his master. They called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. His point here is that Jesus is getting pushback. Jesus is getting some opposition. In fact, Jesus will be persecuted. And his point here is that his disciples should expect the same. So a disciple is not above his teacher, a slave above his master. Point being, if if they treated Jesus badly, 
His followers should expect no better treatment. They will be treated badly also. Verse 25, it's enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. There is, within the New Testament, this idea that we will become more and more like Jesus. I don't think that's the sense here. It's more that become like his teacher, slave like his master, in that to receive pushback, to receive criticism, to receive persecution, even to receive death. And that is to become like the teacher. Then he says, if they called the head of the household Beelzebul. Now, the King James says Beelzebub, and that's actually a, a misspelling of it, and that means Lord of the Flies. Beelzebul probably means Lord of the High Abode, the Prince of Demons, is what they are referring to. Now, if you remember back in chapter 9, verse 34, when Jesus cast out the demon that was causing the man to be mute, the Pharisees said, he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. There they just said ruler of demons. Here, Beelzebul means Lord of the High Abode or the ruler of the demons. Now there they were just saying he does it by the ruler of the demons. Here he says, they say, call me the ruler of the demons. Point being, if they're going to treat me this way, they will treat you this way. Verse 26. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there's nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Think to Jesus 27. What I tell you in this dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. It seems somewhat obscure, but he's basically talking about things that are not well known that will become well known. And so right now, he's teaching them the gospel but he's doing it in private, just him and the twelve. But that will become known to the entire world. So what is heard in private will become public. What's heard in low-level conversation will become broadcast to everyone. That which is hidden will become uncovered and well-known. So he's talking about the gospel here. The gospel is not well-known right now, and they are hearing it in a private conversation, but it will be well-known. Verse 28, don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Now, this is back to, they're treating me badly, and they will kill me. Don't be afraid of them. Rather, fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We're speaking here that God is in charge. Don't fear people that can harm you. The worst they can do is kill you. Say, so, well, that's about the worst that can be. No, no, that's not the worst that can be. And he explains what the worst that can be. The worst is being destroyed in hell. So there are worse things than dying. Dying separated from God and going to hell is worse than dying. So don't fear people that can kill you. Fear the one who controls eternity. Verse 29, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. His point here is God is in control. God controls everything. God knows what's going on. And he cares about us. He controls sparrows and their lives. So how much more is he going to be concerned about us and our lives? 
verse 32 and 33. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. That's an interesting imagery of salvation. Too often we view salvation as a transaction. I do this thing, in return, I get eternal life. And that thing I do is faith. If I have faith, I get salvation. But here Jesus is saying that God provides salvation only on Jesus' say-so. Now, yes, justification is by faith. And what does faith mean? Trusting God. But remember, Jesus is the one who says what faith is. And it's more than just believe. I believe in Jesus. It's believe to the point of trusting. And that's a subjective thing. But Jesus is the one who decides if there's true trust or not. And in this case, he says, failure to acknowledge Christ in the face of persecution. Well, there you're fearing the persecutor more than you're fearing God. You're fearing the persecutor more than you're trusting God. There is a lack of faith. So he uses this imagery here to say, if you fail to acknowledge me in the face of persecution, I will not acknowledge you before the Father, because it's up to me to determine if you have faith. And that would be a lack of faith. Now, all this is providing a word picture. The point being that Jesus has already gotten some pushback, and it's going to get worse. They're going to start plotting to kill him very soon, and he will be killed. He will be executed at the hands of the religious leaders. And his point is, don't expect any better treatment than what they provide me. And there will be great pressure to not follow me, to deny me. And he says, don't fear them. The worst they can do is kill you. Fear God who controls eternity. And if you do fail to acknowledge me, that shows a lack of faith. That shows a lack of trust. And so the challenge for us is, will we remain faithful? Will we trust him? Matthew presents Jesus' ministry as teaching, preaching, and healing. And he's now passing that on to the disciples. That's their mission, to preach and to heal. But there's an outcome to this, so that people will come to faith. And so the challenge is to proclaim the message, the message of salvation, even in the face of opposition, even in the face of persecution. And the challenge is trust God more than we fear the opposition. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.